Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Are you ready to move your career forward? Make your comeback with Purdue Global and get college credit for your work, school, life, or military experiences. With these credits, you may have already completed up to 75% of your undergraduate degree. You've worked hard to get where you are. It's time to get the recognition you deserve and earn a degree you'll be proud of, one that employers will trust and respect. When you take the next step in your life and career, make it count with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hi, I'm Chelsea Clinton, and this season on In Fact, we're celebrating Women's History Month. I'll be talking with trailblazing women at the top of their fields about their personal journeys, the progress women have made, and how far we still have to go. Today, I'm very excited to be discussing women in journalism with April Ryan, the longest-serving Black woman in the White House press corps. April grew up in Baltimore and got her start in broadcasting at Morgan State University, an HBCU that is Maryland's largest historically Black university. Now, with 25 years and counting in the White House press corps, April told me she stands on the shoulders of the mighty journalists who came before her. Alice Dunnigan and Ethel Payne were the first Black women to receive White House press credentials. Dunnigan in 1948 and Payne shortly thereafter. These women spoke truth to power during the civil rights movement and suffered terrible indignities. Dunnigan was banned from covering a speech by President Eisenhower because it was held in a whites-only theater. And to cover an Ohio senator's funeral, she was forced to sit in segregated seating away from the other journalists. And while that may sound outrageous to us now, in some ways, little has changed. When Eisenhower became annoyed with Ethel Payne over a question she asked about integration, he refused to call on her for the rest of his presidency. 
and he had his press secretary try to take away her White House credentials. Sound familiar? More than 50 years later, and two decades into her career as a White House correspondent, April Ryan faced a similar response from President Trump. Annoyed by the questions she was asking, President Trump refused to answer, told April to sit down, and called her names like nasty and a loser. He also implied he would take away her press credentials. April then began receiving death threats on social media and through the mail. She even had to move her family and hire a bodyguard for their safety. Despite all of this, and like Alice Donegan and Ethel Payne before her, April refused to be intimidated, inspiring a new generation in the process. In 2017, April was named Journalist of the Year by the National Association of Black Journalists. And after 23 years with American Urban Radio Networks, she is now the White House Correspondent and Washington, D.C. Bureau Chief for The Grio. April Ryan, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited for our conversation. And I wondered if we could start at the beginning. What drew you to journalism and reporting? Were you like the little kid walking around interviewing everyone about everything? So Chelsea, it's so interesting you would ask me that. As a child, you fall back on what happens in your home. And my parents, they were political junkies before it became a thing. We would listen to the news on the way to school. We would listen to the news when we came home. And it was so much so that I asked my dad one day, I said, Dad, I said, why do you watch the news all the time? Now, this is where I should have run for my life. But I, instead of running, I embraced and ran to it. My dad said, well, I want to find out when the world comes to an end. You don't tell a child. That was his way of explaining the importance of news. And my parents also used to tell me, um, which is embarrassing, and I've never said this to anyone. As a child, I used to take the extension cord around the house and use it like a microphone. And I would sing, I would report. So there was something there a long time ago. And so when you then were in high school and college, did you have a more kind of coherent sense of what you wanted to do and that you wanted to run toward the news? I knew I wanted to be in broadcasting and I didn't know what. And a friend was working at the local college station on the weekend. So I said, bring me in, let me see. And this was in high school. He was a DJ and I loved the conversation with people. I loved informing. But what he was doing, he was informing in a very flip, witty way with music, gospel music at the time. So I determined that when I attended college, I wanted to go to that same radio station in Baltimore, Morgan State University, WEAA. And I wound up being a DJ between classes. And on the weekends, I was a DJ. I was a jazz DJ. But later on, I said, I'm not that quick wit. I can tell you time and temp and the station ID, but the quick wittedness wasn't me. But I always wanted news. I wanted to see what it was that people needed. And so I started moving towards news and producing and news reporting into sophomore year. And that was in the 80s. How important do you think being at an HBCU was to helping? you think about connecting with the news, being kind of a truth teller of the news and shaping the journalist that you've become? 
There's nothing like an HBCU. I, I say this all the time that HBCUs love you to success. And it's true because it's like a family environment. These are people who want to push you out the door to become a viable part of society, to move into middle income and create and, and change the status quo. We've heard so much about Harvard and yeah, all the Ivy League schools. That's what they tell their students. But HBCUs do the same. And now we're seeing that fruit from the HBCUs as we're seeing much of the leadership in this nation a graduate of HBCUs. So what they taught me is a sense of self, a sense of family, a sense of community, and to change things that aren't where they should be. Um, I've been in various schools. I attended parochial schools. I attended HBCUs. But, you know, each piece has helped me understand who I am, what the world looks like, what it smells like, what it tastes like. And sometimes when it's bitter, how I can give it a little sauce to change that bitterness. We're having this conversation in the context of Women's History Month. And I'm so thankful I get to speak with women that I admire so much. And I wonder, April, if there are women who have been important to you in your development as a person and also as a journalist. Well, my late mother and your mother and you have a great mother. I'm going to keep her. I'm going to keep her. (laughs) Yes. But, you know, I've talked to her about how her mother influenced her. And I look to women who are strong, who are game changers. And the first piece that they talk about a lot of times is how their mother instilled something in them, some kind of light to help them move forward. I would be remiss if I didn't say my late mother. She was my best friend. She was everything. She opened doors for me that typically were shut. And she told me as a little black child growing up in Baltimore, where they say the word failure is built into our very existence. She instilled in me, I can be and do anything I want to be as long as I work hard and I get a good education. She didn't care about all that other stuff that they were saying. And I believed her. And this may sound trite, but again, from Baltimore, I grew up with Oprah Winfrey. That's all I've ever known. You know, Oprah Winfrey was in Baltimore when I was a kid. She was on the local news. She was doing a show called People Are Talking with Richard Scher. And I was in high school when she left to go to Chicago. All I've ever known was Oprah Winfrey as this symbol of media. You can't go wrong by watching her and her rise and how she's opened doors and how she has changed the game and the dynamic. So I've never known broadcast without Oprah. The women in my family, they believed in community and family and love. Those support systems and my aunts, they'll love you, but they also tell you, look, now this isn't right. Well, that's part of love, too. Right. Right. That's part right. Of you don't want yes people all the time. You want people who are honest with you. The many women whose shoulders that I stand on, Ethel Payne and Alice Dunnigan, black women who were at the White House decades ago when they were fighting for civil rights. If it weren't for them, I would not be April Ryan in that White House briefing room reporting for the GRIO. And so... April Ryan, reporting for the Rio from the White House briefing room. <laughs> when you were 
narrowing in on your dream, your ambition to be a journalist in your sophomore year, did you see yourself in the White House briefing room? Never, ever. Never, ever. You know, I talked to some college classmates and said, oh, you always said that. I said, I never said I wanted that. It's been so interesting. Everything has fallen into place for me without me asking for it. And I tell people, be prepared for the higher power to move in a way that you don't expect. But when it comes, be ready because success is the intersection of preparation and opportunity. And the opportunity came, and I was young. A lot of people may not know that you have been in the White House briefing room for many years and have covered and engaged with many different administrations. 25 years. 25 years, and I never imagined that. Um, Former President Bill Clinton was my first president, and I'll never forget, I got the bug to come to Washington reporting in Baltimore when your family came to D.C. to begin the eight years and that big celebration at the Lincoln Memorial. Aretha Franklin, uh, Michael Jackson, Stevie Wonder, so many people were there. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And never knowing that four years later, I'd be covering the White House. So what was that first day like when you got into the White House briefing room on your first day? What was it like? I was intimidated. I was scared. When I started walking up to the building, you see this stark, bright white building with these black wrought iron gates surrounding I said, wow, look at the history. It wasn't about the occupants inside, but it was about how it was built, who it was built by, the people who were in there negotiating for my right to be there. I always look at the history of things before I just immerse myself in things. And I was that was so intimidating. And I started tearing up. And like I said, a kid from Baltimore, I never expected this. Yeah, I'm supposed to be there because our founding fathers said it, but I'm humble enough to understand that not many people get there. And when you get there, there's a responsibility. It's not about me. We'll be right back. Stay with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. 
Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save 40% site-wide. Get 40% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. April, when you walked into the White House briefing room, how many other Black women were there? I remember Sonia Ross from the Associated Press and Scales from the Boston Globe. Hmm. So you weren't the only one, but no, you also were still probably not... It was not representative, representative. of what it yeah. should have been, right. But I was the only one there focused in on the urban agenda, focused in on news for people who were underserved. And there was a large contingent of Black reporters. That number has since dwindled. So we've lost ground. We've lost ground, a lot of ground, yes. So April, could you just reflect on that a little bit? Like the White House briefing room, that your colleagues have gotten less diverse? over the last 25 years? Yeah, it's so sad. What happens is if you see a president come into the White House and he has a leaning towards issues on race, he has a leaning on issues of diversity, they tend more to put reporters in that reflect the president's mindset or leaning. And are they the media organizations or are they the White House press office? Oh, no, no, the media organizations. The The White House press office uh, has nothing to do with it. They can suggest, oh, we would like to see a room that looks like America. 
but it's up to the news organization. So when George W. Bush came in, the numbers dwindled because the thought, and even George W. Bush said this to me, the thought is that he is not considered someone who is forward-thinking on matters of race. He said, one, because of his father, he's a Republican, he was governor of Texas, and the fact that Texas had one of the worst death penalty rankings in the nation, if not the worst. We talk so much about race on so many different levels, and he said, you know, people don't believe. And I was like, really? And I said, the way we're talking, if you could talk like that, like you're talking to me, people would be more amenable. And the George W. Bush that I saw at that time was so different than what we saw on television. I mean, Chelsea, we even had a conversation during the campaign between then-presidential candidate John McCain and then-presidential candidate Barack Obama. George W. Bush told me, he said, he saw the subtle and overt racism in the campaign. And it was a moment I'll never forget. I mean, when you are around that rarefied air to, to find out what a sitting president is thinking on matters of race and issue that you cover, you listen. Because the division was happening. Political correctness was leaving the room. The racial divide was coming to the forefront. And the way I see it is that your father, former President Bill Clinton, saw a need to deal with matters of race. He was willing to put race on the table when others did not do it. And when I first came into the White House, the first couple of months, people thought I was militant because I was asking questions about race. I'm like, what? And how much of that do you think was because you were a Black woman, that you were perceived as militant versus if I were asking those questions? 100%. They would think, oh, that's great for a moment. And then they'll ask you, why does she keep asking on matters of race? Race is always on the table. Race and money are two factors that are always on the table, but it's never spoken about. And I've learned this too, Chelsea, that the White House, Capitol Hill, it's not about politics or party. It's about people. And it's about humanity. And that is what's missing. I think we forget as we have this crazy discourse I think we forget it's about people, truth, and humanity. And I'm throwing the word truth in there, too. I certainly think one of the greatest existential challenges we confront in our democracy is the erosion of a shared understanding of kind of what facts are and what truth is. (laughs) Yeah, my history books didn't prepare me for this. Laws are made to be broken now. You never thought that a president could break the rule of law. You never imagined January 6th. Which now the Republicans say was a legitimate form of political expression. Every threat against every person during those four years was made real on January 6th. And if that is embraced public discourse... We are really going down the wrong road. I've watched the Republican Party call for decorum in sacred political spaces. And that was a full-on riot to overthrow the government. End of story. The executive branch at that time waged war on the legislative branch. And we all watched it happen on live television. 
the threats that so many of us received during those four years were made real that day. And I tell people, do not take this lightly. I mean, this is a sacred political space that has been marred and forever changed. The body politic is moving in a direction that is totally juxtaposed to what the founding fathers put in place. Yes, the founding fathers did not expect an April Ryan or Barack Obama or Bill Clinton or George W. Bush or Donald Trump. Well, arguably, they were worried about a Donald Trump. That's what they were trying with all of these these pillars that they put in place to prevent. But now we're embracing what the patriots contend (laughs) they never wanted, you know? April, you, during the Trump years, at times went from covering the story to being a story. And I didn't like it. Well, because that's not the job you were there to do. You weren't there (laughs) to be a character in his narrative. You were there to help... Americans understand why we should be concerned about the narrative that he was creating and all of its weaponized hate. What was it like to be singled out by former President Trump? Every day, my stomach churned walking in. I didn't want to make it about me, and I tried not to make it about me. I tried to put the issue on the table, and they continued with personal attacks. And... It became very hot to the point where you had people like Caesar Sayoc put me in his bullseye. I had to move my home with my children. And as a mother, I had to make my children feel safe as I was unnerved. As my oldest daughter was in school, Chelsea, reading on a live feed in current events class, what was happening at the White House. She text messaged me and said, Mama, you okay? I said, baby, I'm great. How do you tell your daughter who is 50 miles away in Baltimore and you're at the White House and they're attacking her mother? And she's like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm great. And make her believe it so we can continue to have great communication as a family, to continue to bond as a family. I've had to do things to make my family feel safe. I've had to move, but I cannot stop doing what I do because if I do, who's going to ask some of the questions that I ask? This is my beat, period, end of story. For others, it's like, oh, we'll do this along with other things. I drill down on this. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Sean Spicer, Donald Trump did not like that. And um, from the taking of the knee, which was a lie from their narrative as to why Kaepernick was doing it, to the question I asked, would you apologize to the Central Park Five? And he said, I don't know why you're asking. No, I wouldn't. Those things are relevant, but yet I'm wrong. And think about it. If the government or the criminal justice system listened to Donald Trump and those full-page ads, those men would not be here today. And they were innocent. And in his mind, they should not be. Why? Because of the color of their skin. And they come from... Right. So matters of race are very real. It's life and death. Still. Policing, another issue. Unfortunately, you're guilty just for the coloring, the melanin in your skin. 
there's street corner justice for many black people when other communities are afforded the justice in the courtroom. And people need to understand this is not new. This is cyclical. We've been seeing this since the sheriffing of slaves. So when we ask these questions, why are you bringing it up? Because it's a problem. It's a perpetual problem. And there's a history behind it. I think 25 years has, um, I think it's educated some people. It's made some others mad. But there is a truth out there that needs to be told and questioned. You've repeatedly brought up the importance of history. And maybe some people listening to this conversation think, well, isn't news about what's happening in the moment? And yet, as you have continually pointed out, what's happening in the moment has the antecedents of sometimes years, sometimes decades, and sometimes centuries. 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 And I think we're all better for you bringing that perspective into the White House briefing room. I remain really disturbed that the White House briefing room has gotten less diverse in the 25 years since you've been there. And I wonder, do you see that shifting or still not? What needs to happen for the shift? We need to see more people of color come into political reporting so that these managers can't deny them. taking a quick break. Stay with us. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I dot com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. I'm sure you have so many people who come and ask you for advice. Young journalists, maybe not so young journalists, Black women. What do you say to them as the wisdom that you've gained through all of your success and experiences? And also, how do you try to encourage them to go into political journalism? You know, after all I've been through these last couple of years, it's hard to encourage young women, especially women of color. I tell people it's different. And you have to have a very tough skin. Not only do you have to have a tough skin, you have to really understand the story. You have to immerse yourself in the story. You have to study like you've never studied before. I did want to ask you about your next book, which is coming out later this year, Black Women Will Save the World. I agree with that. Though I think we expect too much of Black women and Black women shouldn't have to save the world. But because the rest of us keep failing... It just seems to be where we are as a country. But now that I've unnecessarily editorialized. <laughs> Keep on, Chelsea. Keep on. <laughs> okay. I wonder if you could tell us why you wrote the book, what it's about, and why you titled it as you did. I am a Black woman, and I love Black women because I understand the unique struggle that we go through. You have to play a role a character, if you will, a lot of times in rooms and spaces that don't necessarily look like you. And not only are we doing that, but we're lifting up the office, we're lifting up the home, and we don't get the encouragement, we don't get the support, we don't get the accolades. I tell stories about Black women from the past, but most of all recently, and things they've done. For instance, Chelsea, I don't know if you know this, but Maxine Waters was the first person to sound the bell about January 6th. During the Democratic caucus meeting, maybe a month or so before January 6th, she had questioned the Capitol Hill police and Nancy Pelosi, what are you going to do? And they said, oh, we've got it under control. They sent them out little flyers. Well, this, if this happens, you move over here. If this happens, you move over there. She sounded the alarm and she was not listened to. Painful theme in American history. Painful. We talked to Stacey Abrams. We talked to Keisha Lance Bottoms. We talked to so many different people. Got stories that are jaw-dropping, stories that would shock you about the rise 
of some of the Black women that are in some of the highest offices right now. And it's a book that is a love letter to Black women, but it's a book for America to see, wait a minute, did they do that? Really? Oh my gosh, we should thank them or we should herald them. We need to know who it is that has been holding the flag, who has been loving the country sometimes when the country doesn't love them back, who has been sounding the alarm and no one listens. And so, April, is there one statistic or fact about women and Black women in media and journalism that either gives you optimism and hope or that you find particularly enraging and probably gives you motivation? What's enraging, I'm going to talk about Black women in general. We're rising in number as the head of household. We're rising in number as the breadwinner in the family. It gives me pause, but it also gives us hope for the resilience of Black women. Black women are independent thinkers. It gives me hope. We're not swayed as easily. But it gives me hope as a woman that we are survivors no matter what. We are considered that softer gender, but we rise to the top at every occasion. We are fighters, too. So... I think Black women and women as a whole are still forces to be reckoned with. And there will be a day when Shirley Chisholm's statement, if you don't have a seat at the table, bring a folding chair. I believe there will be a day when we're talking about how many tables we own and chairs and folding chairs. I believe our resilience is what gives us hope. April Ryan, thank you so much for being here. And I can't wait to read Black Women Will Save the World. I appreciate you. And I think you're magnificent. All the global work you do, the humanitarian efforts, and just being a boss woman yourself. Chelsea, I think you are awesome. Thank you. That means a lot coming from you, April. Thank you so much. You can find April Ryan on Twitter at April D. Ryan. And her new book, Black Women Will Save the World, will be out in October. In Fact is brought to you by iHeartRadio. We are produced by a mighty group of women and one amazing man. Erica Goodmanson, Mart Har, Sarah Horowitz, Jessamyn Molly, and Justin Wright. With help from Lindsay Hoffman, Barry Lurie, Joyce Kubin, Julie Subrin, Mike Taylor, and Emily Young. Original music is by Justin Wright. If you like this episode of In Fact, please make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode and tell your family and friends to do the same. If you really want to help us out, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. After six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you.